You are listening to the Daily Homily for Magdala in the Holy Land. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The Pharisees went off and plotted how they might entrap Jesus in speech. They sent their disciples to him with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are a truthful man and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. And you are not concerned with anyone's opinion, for you do not regard a person's status. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Knowing their malice, Jesus said, Why are you testing me, you hypocrites? Show me the coin that pays the census tax. Then they handed him the Roman coin. He said to them, Whose image is this and whose inscription? They replied, Caesar's. At that he said to them, Then repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God what belongs to God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to Lord Jesus Christ. There are a couple of little comments that are worth offering to unlock some things we might slide over without noticing. And one of them is in the very first line of today's Isaiah reading, which says, The Lord says to his anointed Cyrus. And the word anointed was used for the king, like King David was anointed, King Saul was anointed, all the kings were anointed, and they were considered God's representative to lead the people. And the high priest was anointed. And here we have this extraordinary attribution to King Cyrus, a Persian, who is not a member of the chosen people. And this is a very, very big word. The word anointed translates into Messiah. That's a very strong word. And so the anointed, in that sense, the anointed high priest, the anointed king, were in a way preparing the people for the anointed of the Lord. And so to call Cyrus his anointed, God is making a very big statement. And it puts a lot of things in perspective. First of all, God's in charge. And then his plan for all humanity is to be saved. And he chooses a people for that purpose to prepare the way to, for salvation for everybody. And here we have this term, anointed, which actually is every one of us at Mass. We've been baptized. And the word for baptism involves also anointing. And anointing is not just with olive oil. Anointing is with the Holy Spirit. 
And actually, when some people speak well, we say they were anointed. They were, there's an unction. We use that word as well, which is the same word. It's the Latin word to anoint. And there's an unction in their words. And this is uh, the calling of every one of us. We're anointed. We're baptized. How are our relationships with each other as anointed? And Cyrus gives us great example because he opens up a way for God's people to return to their home, to return and rebuild Jerusalem after the exile. His ancestors destroyed Jerusalem. And precisely one of those people who did destruction is now the anointed one. That's amazing. It's a little bit like the figure of Saul becoming Paul, the one who was destroying completely changes. And we have many cases of that through the history that are sensational, but really it's our own personal story, that we are all blessed with the grace of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We're temples of God. How does that affect how we relate to each other? How should it affect? It should change everything. How we see each other, how we see another person. Who is the person beside me? He's a pagan king but he's the anointed of the Lord. This is amazing. It's nice to see the letter of Paul to the Thessalonians. It's the oldest writing, and this is the very first verses of the oldest writing we have in the New Testament, written around the year 50, 51. And the words that are used here are very beautiful because Paul and some others with him are in their greeting, thanking God for you always. Now there's a relationship. Thanking God for you always. Each time we see another person, and especially within our own family, spouses, children, parents, grandparents, the neighbors, siblings of course, to be able to say we give thanks to God always for all of you remembering you in our prayers, unceasingly calling to mind your work of faith and labor of love for the gospel for which you were chosen. This is amazing text of such beauty and expresses a beautiful relationship. And again, we have in the gospel another relationship, but this time it's very negative. And it's people who really are representing the religious side of things, and this could happen to all of us. They are plotting because of their mindset with the Herodians, and they're not friends. The Pharisees and the Herodians aren't friends. The Herodians are more allied with the Sadducees, with the power structure, with the Roman Empire, and they're going to come to Jesus and say beautiful things to Jesus. Completely true. They're going to say, we know that you are a truthful man. And we know that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. And that you are not concerned about popular opinion and likes and approval. Because you don't pay attention to people's status in the society that we attribute to people. And then they have a trick question. So they're very nice to him. They're even truthful to him. But in their hearts, they're totally insincere. How are our relationships with others. 
Maybe this ties in very much to Mission Sunday. What's our greatest desire for people? That they be each one a temple of the Holy Spirit. That each one be filled with God's presence, each one created for God. And we all have our own histories with people in our own family, our own neighbors, um, fellow students or co-workers, maybe even between siblings, many strong issues. And how we can ask for that grace today. How can we be a missionary, let's say today, of peace if we don't try to work out some of the issues of reconciliation that we have in the family, that we have with our neighbors? How can we be scandalized over other people's fighting? Some people say, how oh, such a war in the Holy Land? Maybe there's a war in our kitchen, in our garage, in our farm, in our workshop, in our factory, in our neighborhood. We think of all the human uh, commerce, the trade in human beings, what are they called? Um, um, trafficking of human beings. And this is in the Western world. And we get scandalized about other things. This is in our own backyard. There are so many major issues. So today on Mission Sunday, each one of us has a mission. And the first mission is that we renewed interiorly to be understand ourselves as filled with the Spirit, as anointed. And the second one is to know that everybody around me is called for that gift. And the beautiful message today of Pope Francis for this day, which we, maybe we can include in the links if you don't find it in the links, you can see it in the two chats which will be uploaded after Mass on YouTube and Facebook of Magdala that we did this morning. And the link is already posted in that. It's just not uploaded yet. Um, for this writing, it's a beautiful writing. Hearts on fire, feet on the move. Based on the text of Emmaus' disciples, whose hearts were on fire listening to Jesus, and they went back to Jerusalem to tell the story. Hearts on fire, feet on the move. That should be our, the, the way we, our relationship is to everybody. Their friends and co-disciples were in Jerusalem. Their relationship, their hearts are on fire. We must go and tell them. This is the essence of the mission of the church. This is why we exist, to bring the good news of the encounter we have with Christ to the world, an encounter of reconciliation, of forgiveness, and the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to learn more about Magdala, follow us on YouTube and on Facebook 